0: Hey, and welcome to the God Loves You Period, the podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Amy. And this is Brooke. And Brooke is with us. You'll get to know Brooke in just a second. Terry is out this month doing some gallivanting around the area or whatever. Uh, We're talking about food and faith. And so if you could have one, what's your best meal ever? Your best meal ever. Ever.
1: Ooh. Best meal ever. Ever. I would say was my grandmother's uh picadillo which is a like seasoned meat dish with rice, beans and maduros and oh it's so good. That just feels like home. Mm. That's the best one.
2: That's making me feel like I should also talk about a dish <laughs> that makes me feel like home. Um my my stepdad, my pops, he made um so thanksgiving dinner is always good right but like mm-hmm. it's the leftovers that make thanksgiving amazing Ooh. and um uh, my my stepdad would always make a a leftover soup and so he'd basically take all the leftover green beans all the turkey all the everything put it into a soup oh don't make that face pastor scott <laughs> <laughs> um, i think it sounds good no it was so I good
0: imagine, like Anyhow, keep going.
2: <laughs> Imagining what? Just keep going. Okay, well.
0: My worst food experience is here, but go ahead. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, this leftover soup was is definitely one of my favorite meals. Um, and, and, yeah, it definitely reminds me of home.
0: All right. So mine would be, actually, I, I'm the non-homemade. I loved, uh, we went to a restaurant. We had a friend of ours who battled cancer and was in, and cured of cancer. So her husband was a chef, and we went out to a big-time Primo's is the name of is a major restaurant in Orlando. Oh, I think I've heard of that. I mean, it's like high end, five star, mission, all that thing. And we we tore it up. And Larry's like, you know, we were we were projected, you know, to spend several (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of dollars on this meal to celebrate. They had braised pork belly Mm. for an appetizer, and it was so good. I ordered it for dessert as well. (laughs) And the best part was we got the bill and the bill was like I think it was like seven hundred bucks. And the best oh part gosh. was Larry's restaurant had called because he worked at the Hard Rock Cafe and or no, the Portofino Bay Hard Rock. He they called and, and uh just covered the bill for us. It was awesome.
1: Wow. That's really nice. Yeah. A free meal.
0: A free meal that was phenomenal. Is,
1: is mm. the best meal.
0: <laughs> and we'll talk about that later too. Back, back to food insecurity. Instead of <laughs> is our fruit better in Guatemala? Uh, so good. So, so are you saying I should just do away with our food brings hope ministry and don't give people food and put up a grocery store that sells good veggies? No. We should put up a, like a veggie stand?
2: No, I think that, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I think that we there are two different kinds of ministries and both are needed. Mm-hmm. Um, th- the ministry of meeting people where they are, of feeding people that need food is definitely needed. There's also a ministry of changing policy, of changing circumstances that is also needed.
0: Right.
1: We yeah. literally just asked that to one of the like candidates for define, like in the United Methodist Church, we asked to define the difference and the necessity of mercy ministries and justice ministries. So mercy ministries would be food pantries and providing shelter and needs and resources going downstream. Mm -hmm. But justice ministries would be going upstream Mm -hmm. and asking the questions, why is this happening in the first place? Why are people hungry in the first place? Why are people... And just to
0: clarify the downstream, upstream, what the issue would be, Uh, uh, people are drowning mercy Mm -hmm. ministry is going downstream and pulling them out of the river justice ministry is going upstream and figuring out why they're falling in yeah that's why she used upstream downstream
2: yeah 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 no i think that what you guys are getting at is that um justice and charity go hand in hand you can't have one without the other if you just have real i mean honestly the two words are kind of like they are so interrelated and Mm -hmm. dependent on one another that if you try to separate them, if you, you know, try to think of charity without justice, then you're going to have ministries that are not, that sure make a a small difference in people's, you know, life for a day, but they don't actually change things for Mm -hmm. the long term. And same thing with justice. If you just try to do justice, can you imagine having a justice ministry without charity? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it would just be a lot of uh, trying to change systems, but not a lot of meeting people where they are, right? Um, so I think they, they go hand in hand.
1: Both are needed. For, for sure. For sure. Especially in this county. I think of the, the need, like the amazing things that organizations, like um, Halifax Urban Ministries and Derbyshire Place, Food Brings Hope, Second Harvest, all these things yeah. that are feeding people. Um, but as well, I think of like, making how how do we change policies and how do we use our people power to uh, make those things a little more accessible to, to people. So
0: what's the next question? Next
1: question is so I wanna brag about Brooke a little bit. Oh Brooke God. has been accepted and you you accepted the invitation, right? The offer? You are I did. <gasps> yeah. She is going to be getting a Doctor of Theology mm-hmm. at Duke Divinity School in the fall, through which Div School
0: or Religion Department?
1: Div school. At the, the Div School. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is um from my experience in admissions, very, very, very hard to do. So first of all, concludes. I
0: wrote a reference.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Pastor Scott did write a reference for me. Golden. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> must have been the reason. Ex- 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 actually <laughs> actually
0: felt sorry for her. You got get her out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um So you're going to be getting, we call it a THD at Duke Divinity School. Um, So what are you going to be studying? Tell us about Christian ethics and food and faith and um, what the, you know, you're joining the trendsetters.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm really excited about the program. Um, I'll be moving back to North Carolina this summer. Um. I mean, who knows what I will write a dissertation on, but um, because that's going to be years down the road. But uh, I I basically, I'm trying to study at the intersections of um, agriculture, so uh, definitely food, um, and then economics and and Christian ethics. So I want to think about. how the church and how we can live faithfully as christians in the midst of a globalized economy and industrial agriculture
1: um so yeah that's kind of what i'm that's where i'm studying i'm excited to read your work one day um Okay, so that brings to our next question of what can faith community, like, let's get practical here. What can faith communities do better to join in efforts of being good stewards of the earth? What, what can just an everyday church person like Scott do? <laughs>
2: Um. Yeah, I, I like this question because a lot of times these conversations get so heady and then mm-hmm. it's really easy to lose hope um, and to feel like there's nothing that we can do to actually change things. But the reality is that our small acts matter. Um, and so I think that um, churches can, one, start talking about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so uh, we're, we're not the best at talking about. Um, well, can I interrupt you there? Yeah, like- sure. Scott for example have have you heard many sermons on like faith, food and faith or i mean i know we're doing this like dinners with jesus but i can't think of many sermons i've heard that mention um con- conservation of land or climate change or i don't know have you heard sermons like that
0: i, I preached a whole series <laughs> one time called god is green
1: well there so, you go, dude. Scott's way ahead of the game. Scott right. is yeah, that was game changer. It was a
0: trend <laughs> um, kind of thing, but yeah, but no, you don't hear a lot about it.
1: I you yeah, I probably heard one sermon.
0: It, it, yeah, especially when you know we we think, and uh, you know, one of one thing's Brooke should push a little bit is churches are too spiritual. Ooh, we're too much about Me. getting our getting to Jesus, getting to heaven, getting our lives right with God and not understanding that if we are creatures, if we are created by a creator, yes, we need to get our lives right with the creator, but we need to make sure there's a sense of oneness with all of creation. We don't Mm -hmm. talk about that very much in the church world.
2: Yeah, I think think that's exactly it. And part of getting right with God is recognizing that you are a creature that God did create you as oh, a God's creature favorite. okay oh'm um, <laughs> just gonna move past that comment. <laughs> um uh, so yeah you were born I think the that, same day as a worm Scott right. uh, there you go um but but yeah I think that um that it's important in order to get right with God you gotta recognize, yeah, I'm, I'm a creature and I'm dependent on the earth around me. And if the earth is suffering, um, then I too am going to suffer. Um, and, and yeah, so anyways, I think that something that churches can definitely do more is, talk about it, Mm -hmm. Um, because, I mean, how many times do we hear a sermon on shalom, but we don't talk about what shalom means in in creation. We don't talk about what shalom means on earth. Our
0: producer, Jason, just handed me this, so I look brilliant now. I probably shouldn't have told you that. I should have just said this.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: But it's from Jason. He found it on TikTok, of all places, so you never know. Very
1: reputable source. So I'm
0: sure, yeah, it's true. (laughs) It says, Christians want God to solve the problem. Citizens of the kingdom have been given authority by God to solve the problem. Some stuff we don't have to pray about. we got a homeless problem. We don't have to pray about having God help us. We just do it. Just pray if God's asking you to be part of it. Don't pray, help us be able to, but God, is this for me to do? Mm. So so is that like, you know, you've dealt with, God, this is for me to do to work for the sustainable agriculture food, faith kind of stuff. That's your calling, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, I really like that that saying. Uh, the church that I grew up in used to ha- have a, a saying that they would say to the congregation that in times when you feel like you're asking God, where are you? God is often looking at you and saying, where are you?
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's the first question God asks is, where are you? Yeah, yeah. Well, In, in the story of creation.
1: Mm-hmm. I think of in regarding to this conversation about food and faith, I think about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and the disciples are freaking out. Like there's not enough. There's not like, how are we going to feed all these thousands of people? And then he just says, you give them something to eat. Like you do it. And mm-hmm. so I think when I start griping about like, Oh, well, the the government's not doing enough for this. And then churches aren't, you know, they're not, they don't care. They're not doing, I, I can get so caught in my cynicism that I forget you give them well, something
0: to and eat, that, Amy. That, that ties into kind of what Jason shared with us. I mean, mm-hmm. One of the, one, since we've been talking about Duke and our Duke classes, <laughs> uh, back in the day when I was at Duke, when you know, Moses and I went through together, um, <laughs> one of the things that threw me was my professor in New Testament was talking about the feeding of the five thousand passage, and he talks about the miracle Jesus tells him, you, "You do it," but then Jesus blesses the food and gives it all out, and we have this image that he's just taking the food and just the basket just keeps refilling and refilling as it. this great miracle. Yes, maybe that's the way it happened. My professor said, do you really think the only person that showed up that day was a packed lunch was some kid with a fish sandwich? <laughs> do you think other people maybe have brought food with them, but we are so concerned about keeping what we have and not recognizing we're part of creation, we're not connected to all creatures, that all of a sudden when they see one person starting to share and do something, that Ooh. I said, well, if Brooke's going to share her sandwich, I can share part of my sandwich as well. And we all begin to share, and that the miracle, the real miracle, is humanity working together to solve the problem, and humanity cared about each other.
1: And it just took one it little took, boy. Took one to little boy
0: saying, "Hey, here's what I have."
1: That that I've never heard it that way. Mm. Wow. Suddenly you have a feast. Mm. Ooh, I like that.